0: You're now tuned into the true definition of a sports fanatic. I'm your host Brandon Lampley, being here on the Wednesday afternoon. It's the day before Halloween. I don't really celebrate Halloween. I mean, growing up as a kid, my grandma thought everything was demonic and you know demons and devils and anything like that. I mean, she 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 wasn't for it. I mean, dude, my one of my favorite shows. Was Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and I had to sneak and watch that. She wouldn't even let me watch it. So, no, that's about a witch and casting spells, and that's demonic. I couldn't watch The Simpsons because, you know, the programming is not for kids, and, you know, some some curse words or whatever, but hey, that's how Granny was, man. Oh, couldn't wear no clothes with any, like, dragons or anything that looked like a snake or a serpent. Or anything with the skull and crossbone, or anything like that, because like the no, nah, the skull that represents death, you can't wear that. But hey, that was Granny, man. At least, but I love my Granny. I mean, thinking about it, man, really, a lot of that stuff kept me out of trouble, because even with with clothes, with hairstyles and things like that. And my mom always used to tell me, "An attitude comes with certain things." She never let me; she would never let me get braids or dreads or anything like that, because she said that it always came with an attitude. And sure enough, it did. Because I got braids as a grown man. I think I was like 27, 28 when I first got braids, and um, you couldn't tell me nothing. I was silky smooth. My, my girlfriend at the time couldn't even tell me nothing. I was like, everybody, when they see us walking, they be like, who is that man that she's walking with? They're not going to ask who you are. They're going to ask who I am. That's how conceited I was with my braids. But anyway, it's a good day to talk some sports. A lot is going on right now. I've um, Got a few things on the docket. I have to start with the NBA. And, guys, you already know, I'm a LeBron fan. So, I'm not a Laker fan, but I'm a LeBron fan. So, eh, I guess you can call me a Laker fan, but LeBron leaves, I'm gone. It is what it is. My loyalty only lies to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Alabama Crimson Tide. That's pretty much it. Other than Anything outside of that, yeah, it's whatever. But, man, Anthony Davis, who when I saw the report that he had shoulder soreness, I was like, "Oh my god, man, I mean, we cannot have Anthony Davis not healthy." But dude, he played anyway, played through injury, and dude put up 40 points and 20 rebounds in 31 minutes. The fastest to ever put up 40 and 20 And I think it's like 68 years or something like that, man. I think it's like 51 which is crazy, but it's not surprising to me because you know what type of talent Anthony Davis is. Anthony Davis is great. That's why you move heaven and earth to go get Anthony Davis. That's why the former GM for the Pelicans isn't there anymore because he refused to trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers, and Anthony got what he wanted anyway, and he's without a job. That's why I, and I, it felt like it was personal. That's why you can't let personal feelings get in the way of business. That is a business deal because if you doing something because of the way you feel and you don't want to give a player what he wants, you're not thinking about the best interest of the team. best interest of the team was to trade the package that L.A. was going to trade you anyway, same thing, and go get all those young stars and you probably still have a job. But you don't. Anthony Davis is a Laker now. He's great. As long as he can stay healthy and they get another creator, another ball handler, um, Kuzma comes back soon. Um, so that's going to help out. But, man, Anthony doesn't have doesn't need to play anywhere near close to 82 games, and neither does LeBron. Both of them could play about 65 games, have a decent seed in the playoffs, because you're going to need them for the playoff run. Like The the regular season is a formality, let's be honest Because the standard is championships Especially when you're dealing with somebody like LeBron James And his greatness And he's judged on his titles No matter how great he is being one of the greatest players ever It's has he won titles How many titles has he won He still gets flack for the fact that he's lost more titles than he's won But the dude is great, man Oh, yeah, and while speaking, thinking about it, while speaking of L.A., let's go across the hall at the Staples Center to the L.A. Clippers. Now, don't get me wrong. I was kind of feeding into the hype a little bit after watching them against the Lakers, but uh, then they followed that up with losing to the Phoenix Suns, and two of definitely might not be the top two defenders in the NBA, but they're in the conversation for two of the top defenders in the NBA and Kawhi Leonard, who might be the best, and Patrick Beverly, who's one of the best, dude. Devin Booker dropped thirty on their head. Now Devin Book is good. Now don't he's legit. Don't get it twisted. But dude, it's it, it's the Phoenix Suns. So that's why I love sports, man. Just when the team looks like, you know, they unstoppable, or might be a title contender, or you're ready to crown them. If they're not quite there yet, somebody they're gonna have a hiccup like the Clippers did. Now, the Clippers are still going to be good. They're still going to have a top seed in the West. Most likely will meet um, L.A. in the Western Conference Finals or at some point in the playoffs, and it's going to be a great seven-game series, one for the ages. Now, let's switch topics, and we're going to talk about my main chick because NBA is my side chick. It's one of my side chicks. But my main chick is football all day long. But yesterday was the trade deadline, uh, October 29th at 4 p.m. for the NFL. And you had some moves, you know, a few moves in there. But it really ended with a whimper. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be because I thought, you know, it was going to be some a lot of moving bodies. But it was just a lot of talk, a lot of speculation about where somebody was going or who were in talks with what. At the end of the day, none of that means anything because nobody's getting moved. So, you know, at that point, you know, it is what it is. Like Trent Williams for the Washington Redskins, who should have been traded a while ago. There's no reason why Trent Williams should still be a Washington Redskin at this point. I think it's really just them being petty because you take the best offer for him and you move off of him. Because now it looks like he's going to play a game with them because what is his incentive to play? Other than, you know, of course getting paid, but – Shoot, if I'm him, I'll come back, I'll play one game, like, yo, my back hurt.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: I won't say it's pulling the Jalen Ramsey. You know, it is what it is. But, hey, you know, hey, hey, my big toe hurt. I got turf toe. My toe won't bend. It hurts when I walk. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I got my CTE is acting up. My CTE is acting up. I can't play. That's what it would be for me. Then you had the Rams trade a key to leave to the Miami Dolphins. And what essentially was a salary dump. They want to move, move off of his contract and free up some money to make other moves, sign players, probably Jalen Ramsey, who knows. But you trade him to Miami for uh, – trade him and a fifth-round pick to Miami for an unconditional late-round pick. It's just a salary dump. Um, then, um, well, one of the biggest debacles, man, is some something that was just in talks but never happened, and that's in New York with the Jets, which the Jets are a dumpster fire. They really are. Jacksonville gave it to them Sunday, and now it's just it's ripping apart at the seams. And this, this, this season has been a disaster, and I'm more of a believer now more than ever that uh, Adam Gase is probably going to be a one-and-done coach in New York. Which, you know, you could say, you know, they're moving off him too soon. But, I mean, with the way this season has gone, man, I don't know. It might be time to move on. So, supposedly, they were in talks with teams about trading Le'Veon Bell, which it says they weren't actively shopping him, but teams were calling and they were listening. So, you kind of are shopping him. You know, you're not out there saying, hey, we got a a slightly used Le'Veon Bell for sale. But people are calling you, asking you about it, and you ask them, "Hey, well, what would you give us for him?" That's that's shopping. At the end of the day, and then in a more in a bigger surprise, which that was surprising, but in an even bigger surprise is they were shopping Jamal Adams, their uh, Pro Bowl safety. That made zero sense to me, uh, because they were supposedly in talks with the Cowboys. Um, they wanted a first round pick, and I think Cowboys are willing to offer a first round pick. And, you know, some under other undisclosed picks or whatever, but the deal never got done. And so Jamal Adams blasted the GM on Twitter saying that I guess they had a talk, saying that, you know, he was he was, you know, not gonna trade him or or talk to people about trading him or whatever he promised because Jamal Adams was clearly upset that he was being even then talked about being traded to the Dallas Cowboys. But I think it's Joe Douglas, the GM for the Jets, who's formerly of the Ravens. He said, yo, and I, I I agree with him on this. When people call, you pick up the phone and you listen. So even if, it, no matter who the player is, if they call, you at least listen. Now, at when they're done talking, you could tell them, no, I'm not interested. But if they're offering, you at least listen. Because dude, there's no player that's untouchable. And I've seen somebody say that Sam Darnold, their young QB, is untouchable. But um, I don't know about that one. I don't, I don't know about that one. Because he's on a relatively inexpensive rookie contract, which he's making millions of dollars, so it's not inexpensive. But in terms of NFL money, it's um, inexpensive. So, y'all, somebody wanted him. I'm listening because from what I've seen, I'm not going to bury the kid just yet because he's still he's still young, he's still developing, he still needs time. It's not like the he has a great team around him, but you still listen. But with um Adam Gase, with the head coach with the Jets, I mean, it doesn't seem like he has a um. Say what's the best word to use this doesn't seem like he has a lot. Of, he didn't have a lot of cachet, you know, coming into the situation with the Jets anyway, coming from the Miami Dolphins. And then he had an issue with what the former GM paid Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley. So I'm sure that was awkward anyway. He's like, yeah, I like you, but I don't like you at that price. So the relationships between those two probably started off rocky and probably still is rocky right now which is probably why they were shopping Le'Veon Bell to see what teams were offering for him. But, hey, it's the Jets. They have not been a good football team the last half of this decade. So hey. Now, besides the trade deadline, which came and went, uh, now the Jaguars got a situation on their hands, which I'm pretty sure, it's a t- it, no, no doubt it's a tough decision. And if I'm whoever making that decision on who starts, most likely is Doug Marone, um, I'm dreading it. But you have to make a decision. And that's when Nick Foles is fully healthy and ready to return in week 11, does he start against the Colts or do you ride with Gardner Minshew? And personally, I think the decision has been made. And I think the decision has been made – might not have been a while ago, but I think they've had in their mind what they want to do all along and really haven't moved off of that. And I think it's when Nick Foles is healthy, he's going to play. Now, of course, I'm sure Gardner Minshew's play might have swayed him a little bit. They thought about it. They're like, mm, I don't know, made him think about it. But I'm sure they're going to probably stick to their guns and play Nick Foles because, you know, a lot of people say you shouldn't lose your position to injury. Which is funny that people say that because it happens all the time. You know, guys will lose their position to injury. It happens. And that's what sports is about. Hey, next man up. And your best ability is availability. It is what it is. But me personally, I would ride with Gardner Minshew. I would ride with Gardner Minshew. I was watching, um, I think it was the Colin Cowherd show and uh, Trent Dilfer Former quarterback, Super Bowl champion, with the Ravens was on, and he talked about his evaluation of the quarterback class, the rookie class in the NFL this year, and he said Gardner Minshew was a guy that he pegged as having franchise uh, type talent, franchise quarterback type talent, and he he compared his comparison was great, and I hadn't heard nobody make this comparison, but I think it's spot on, and he compared Gardner Minshew to Tony Romo and I hadn't even thought about him as Tony Romo because I heard the Baker-Mayfield comparisons. I heard a little bit of Breeze comparison. Um, Some people say outside, you know, a little bit less athletic Russell Wilson, but I think uh, Tony Romo fits. I mean, similar, Tony Romo was undrafted out of East Illinois, uh, but Gardner went in the sixth round, late-round quarterbacks with franchise-level talent. And so I just personally think that you should ride with Gardner Minshew. But, man, I understand where they're coming from. You got $88 million invested in this guy and Nick Foles, which, I mean, if we really want to be honest about it, had you taken Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Or, since you passed on them, had you taken Lamar Jackson instead of Taven Bryant, We would not be having this conversation but here we are now of course Sunday we got a a date with the Houston Texans in London playing 9 30 in the morning I personally think that now J.J. Watt is out man you just double up on uh, Whitney Merciless and the quarterback should have time to throw the football because that back end for the Texans has been an issue for them all year long. They're not good. I mean, you got Tashawn Gibson and uh, I think it's Justin Reed at the safeties, but, I mean, you your corners are terrible. And I personally think, because Gardner Minshew, especially in the fourth quarter of the first game, which we should have won, I think that now, once he sees them again, I think he's going to light this Texans secondary up. I would not be surprised if he has multiple TDs in this game and we win. Now, of course, it's going to be tough because um, you no longer have Jalen Ramsey shadowing DeAndre Hopkins. Now that's going to go to AJ Boye now. And I'm sure Trey Herndon will be on him some um, and move him around. And then of course DJ Hayden when they move um when they move DeAndre Hopkins to the slot. So DeAndre might have a field day on our current corners, which against Jalen, he had his worst stat line in two years. So now I think it's going to be a shootout. I would not be surprised if Sunday's game is like 30 to 27. But Now let's move on. We're going to stay on the topic of football, but we're going to go to college football. And there's a big story that dropped on Tuesday with the NCAA voting to allow players to profit off their names, images, and likenesses. Now, of course, I talked about this before, especially with Zion Williamson, where Zion, who was one of the biggest names in all of college sports last year, couldn't even profit off of his likeness. His name, image, none of that. And I've seen an estimated um, estimated um, a dollar amount for what he probably would have made last year um, in the NCAA under these new rules. And they said it was estimated at about $2.5 million. And I think it probably would have been more than that, especially if he's able able to do, you know, side stuff with merchandising and things like that. Come on, them kids would have wanted Zion T-shirts, Zion shorts, Zion bobblehead, whatever, you name it. He could have made a lot of money off his name, off his image and his talent. But now the NCAA has voted to, you know, allow the players to do that. Which is they say it should start implement about January, 2021 is when they want to start implementing it. And now they released a statement Tuesday says we must embrace change to provide the best possible experience for college athletes. Additional flexibility in this area can and must continue to support college sports as a part of higher education. This modernization for the future is a natural extension of the numerous steps NCAA members have taken in recent years to improve support for student athletes, including full cost of attendance and guaranteed scholarships. Now, me personally, yes, this is a step in the right direction, but I'm not going to give the NCAA much credit for this because California had already moved um, passed a bill that I think takes effect in 2023 for um college players to start getting paid to profit off their name, image, and likeness. So all you go all they're doing is is basically conceding the fight because they see what's coming. So you go ahead and concede, you bow out gracefully, and you go ahead and do what's right. But come on, people, you have to know the NCAA does not want to pay players. They want to cling to this you know, notion of amateurism and the players being the amateur. But I told you, if you didn't know before, you should know now. Players are already getting paid. Why do you think they got FBI investigations into coaches um, tapping uh, coaches' phones with their own calls with recruits Like, they had, I think it was the Arizona coach offering DeAndre Ayton 100K to come play for Arizona. So, dude, and that's not only coaches. It's alumni, it's boosters, agents, runners, you name it, man. That's like the kids in Ohio State a couple years back. um, I think it was Jim Trussell's last year. And uh, Terrell, uh, the year where Terrell, the years that Terrell Pryor, was the quarterback at Ohio State when all of them got suspended? Well, well, not all of them, but a bunch of them got suspended, including uh, Jim Tressel, for selling um, their jerseys, cleats, and you know any memorabilia, uh, you name it, for tattoos. And it's crazy. Like I can't trade a pair of my my game worn sneakers for a tattoo. Do the hypocrisy. Like I was watching first take. And it was Max Kellerman. He said the NCAA is a non-profit organization. But they're run like a for-profit organization. And it's pure hypocrisy. But I guess you could say. that This is a step in the right direction. And of course. Yeah. They've made this proclamation about them. Allowing this to happen. But I want to see how they implement it because i know they're going to be there's going to be all types of restrictions to it i know it and currently right now i'm doing some more research on it and exactly like i said just now about the restrictions as i read further it said however smith said tuesday that the ncaa's new rules would not follow the california model of a virtually unrestricted market he said the working group will remain involved in sorting out the details of how to implement new rules and that the NCAA would likely stay involved as the group in charge of regulating future endorsement deals. So, yeah, they're not going to just let, guy, let these players have full autonomy over their image, their likeness, and their name. It's like, no, 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 no. You can do certain things and – You can get paid, but only up to a certain point. And that's exactly why the founder of the National College Players Association, I think it's Ramogi Huma, I might have messed that name up, but he said Tuesday that he viewed Tuesday's announcement as a failure that doesn't go far enough to show the organization is truly interested in supporting athletes. The NCAA has failed on this issue once again. This is another attempt at stalling on the issue. Yes, it is. I agree 100%. I told you, they get no props for doing this. This is something they should have done a long time ago. And even with this announcement... We know it's still not going to be fair. Take Leonard Fournette, for example. Current Jaguar who's leading the AFC in rushing, just so you know. And I hope he stays healthy. Knock on wood. But Leonard said he had started like a clothing line while he was at LSU. And I'm sure it had his name, image, and likeness, you know, on this clothing, whatever. And um, he started to sell it. Started to sell it, you know, I guess in his hometown because he's from Louisiana. And it started to move. You know, Leonard Fournette was a big name at LSU. And he he started moving clothes, moving merchandise and things like that. NCAA caught wind of it, and they shut it down. And they told him he had to give all the profits back, basically refund all the money. Now, how? Wh- why? Why, all in the name of amateurism? Are you serious? That's ridiculous. But I won't go in on it too much because I want to see how this kind of pans out. Because even with the restrictions they give and the things um, that's coming forward in the future about how they regulate it, they're going to have to tweak it here and there. Because I understand not just being an open market to do whatever, have some type of restriction. But I guarantee you the model that they have in mind right now is not going to fly. Bet money on that. Well, in other news, in the landscape of college football, I watched a few games this past Saturday. Of course, I watched Mac Jones against Arkansas which Mac Jones did what he was supposed to do against Arkansas, which is thrash him. You're throwing to pretty much four first-round-level receivers. That's what you were supposed to do. Um, If he does have to play against LSU, Mac, just don't turn the ball over, and you should be good because he doesn't have to be great. He doesn't have to be. So I am encouraged by what I saw from Arkansas. But he did what he was supposed to do. I'm not, I'm not giving a, giving him a cookie for what he was supposed to do. It's like I love Chris Rock. Chris Rock say people always want props for something they were supposed to do. would be like, I'll I take care of my kids. You're supposed to take care of your kids. Well, I ain't never been to jail. You're not supposed to go to jail. So I, I can't give him, give him too much for what he was supposed to do. I told you, Florida, Georgia's coming up, and I hope Georgia mollywhop them. But man, I got this feeling, man, that Georgia might drop this game. I don't know why. It's not superstition or anything like that. It's just I don't know, man. I feel like Florida is going to be the better team Saturday for whatever reason. I think Florida's defense is really good. It's just their offense is, man, it's hit and miss. Oh man, I can't forget about Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma losing to Kansas State. I could not believe it, man. I was watching it um, because I had to work on Saturdays um, early in the day, and I was watching a bit of it at work. And dude, I just could not believe it. When I finally saw it, when I saw it, when I started watching it. I think they were up by like 20 or 25 points or something crazy like that. And instantly, I was like, okay, how long has Jalen and the offense possessed the football? Because that's going to be um, a telltale sign of why the score is so lopsided. Because one of the ways to combat a great offense and a great QB is to keep him off the field. And sure enough, at a certain point, I think Kansas State had doubled up in time of possession, Oklahoma. I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. He hasn't had a, lot, a whole lot of chances to score the football. At one point, I think it was 26 minutes to 13 minutes. I was like, dude, you you can't – he and he has scored 20-plus points in those 13 minutes. It's like he hasn't had the ball a lot. That's why they haven't scored. And then a turn, few turnovers here and there. And Kansas State, man, they just ran the football – down Oklahoma's throat, but I was watching Paul Feinbaum, and he thinks that Oklahoma is done. He don't think they can make the college football playoff because a one-loss Oklahoma. I mean, who else do you have to play? Because um, your biggest win, Texas. They just lost to TCU. You got Baylor coming up. You know that's you know that could, that could be a quality win. Um, but as far as the Big Twelve, and you went in the Big Twelve. Hey, it is what it is because. That's You won't have a better resume than one loss if Georgia only has one loss, if Ohio State only has one loss, if Penn State only has one loss, if Alabama only has one loss. You don't have a better resume than those one-loss teams, so you're really on the outside looking in. But, hey, it is what it is. I still think that Jalen Hurts is the front runner for the Heisman, of course. Uh, Joe Burrow is good, and he's right behind him. He's on his heels. But – Jalen Hurts probably might have 50 touchdowns, 30-plus passing, 20-plus rushing. So I, I think he's still the front runner for the Heisman, of course. But Alabama-LSU meet up next week, and they say Tua is a game-time decision. I don't really expect him to play because I don't. even though it's LSU, I don't think you should rush him back because I'm going to be honest with you. If Tua was my son, we would definitely be having a discussion about him shutting it down for the rest of the year, knowing that he's going to go in the top half of the first round in the NFL draft in, what, um, a few months? So do we want to risk his career, his football career, by playing in meaningless games with no compensation? And the only way that I would allow my son to play is if he wanted to. If he came to me and said, hey, Dad, I want to play. I want to you know, win a national title and I want to play for the guys on the team and I don't want to leave my brothers. Okay, I'm fine with that. But if he got any doubt or if he doesn't want to do it and he wanted to go, hey, let's move forward, son. Let's go. You're going to the NFL in a few months anyway. Let's pack it up and we're moving out. Now, of course, you don't just leave school or whatever. You continue to, you know, be there, support your teammates and whatnot. But um, I'm not risking his future on meaningless games at Alabama. I'm just not. But the reports are that he's going to come back because, you know, of course the kid loves football. I'm sure he wants to play and he loves football, loves his teammates. His teammates seem to love him. So, But, you know, it's a developing thing. And um, he hasn't been the most durable guy in his time at Alabama. So, it's just something to watch. Oh, man, what happened to Wisconsin? I think it was a two weeks in a row. I had high hopes with them. I like their running back, Jonathan Taylor. I hadn't really, really paid much attention to Wisconsin because, hey, I'm in Florida and we don't really get Wisconsin games unless it's a national game. And I hadn't really paid much attention to Jonathan Taylor. I knew he was good, but I didn't knew didn't really know how good. And the kid is good. Should be probably the top back taken in the draft um in a couple months from now. But right now, man, the top teams Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State. Those are your top four right now for the playoff if the season ended today. For me, anyway, and right on the outside looking in, you got Penn State, and maybe as much as it pains me to say it, well, I was no, I wouldn't even put Florida, Georgia. Now that's all is going to change Saturday because uh, Alabama will play uh, LSU. Well, not this Saturday because they have a bye, but um, Alabama will play LSU. And then um, Georgia is going to play Florida anyway this Saturday. So, you know, it's going to be a nice little shakeup at the top over the next two weeks and getting closer and closer to the playoff. Also, in other notable news, Auburn backup quarterback Joey Gatewood is transferring from Auburn and um, he's going into the transfer portal. Now, this is significant. To me, because I t- I've talked about Joey Gatewood. I've seen his greatness. Watched him in as a junior in high school in a playoff game, score six or seven touchdowns. No, rushing, receiving, and passing. So i, I seen what Joey Gatewood is. Dude looked like Cam Newton in high school. And I'm sure Saturday, while they were losing to LSU, even though it was a close game, he watched Bo Nix go 15 for 35 for 147 yards with a touchdown and a pick. And that offense struggled for LSU. Not for LSU, I mean for Auburn. And after that game, I guess he saw it because even even local the local, some of the local media here in Jacksonville who watched that kid grow up and play at Bartram Trail was like, yo, why would you not play him to give you a spark? And I'm sure when we noticed it, he noticed it. He was like, Well, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna play me now, I don't see you playing me at any point in the future. So I'm out. And I'm happy for him because now he can go somewhere and he can shine. Because I don't think Bo Nix is that much better than a Joey Gatewood. I don't. I don't. I think during their competition they had similar uh the a similar talent level. And they felt like, hey, if they are similar, then you go with the freshman. And, of course, um, Bo Nix's dad uh, played for Auburn, so he got a little bit of cash at Auburn. It is what it is. But, man, whoever Joey Gatewood goes, man, they're going to get a gym because I'm telling you, this kid is Cam Newton-esque. I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but that's what he is. That's what I saw. So I mean, good luck to him to wherever he goes next. To be honest with you, I wouldn't even I wouldn't mind if he you know stay in state and come on to Alabama, get us another title with old Gatewood down. But ladies and gentlemen, that is my time. Got to wrap it up. Of course, as usual, I had fun doing this going to keep, keep doing this as long as I possibly can going to perfect this my craft and hopefully you know of course somebody will see it all it takes is one person but in the meantime it's all about improving and getting better and being prepared for the opportunity when it presents itself and that's what I'm going to continue to do Remember to like, share and subscribe and um, of course um, tell your friends, your mom, your dog, cashbox, anchor, google play, spotify, radio public, breaker. I'm on all of those platforms. And for those parents who are taking their kids out, you know trick or treating, let them go door to door. I mean, I've never done that and, and you know probably never will. My kids one day probably will you know do that to some extent because they're going to want to do what their friends do but one thing about one thing about that don't feed into the reports of people um, replacing candy with uh, edibles so like weed candy or stuff to get your kids high or anything like that because there's no way people are just giving away edibles or pills or anything like that there's no way you not you don't give those things away for free there's a reason why people pay for illicit drugs but until next time i'll talk to you guys later peace